Hey there, you've tuned in to 19 North's podcast, a young adults ministry part of Victory Family Church located in Cranberry Township, PA. You can check us out every Saturday night at 8.30. And if you missed everything I just said, just follow us on Instagram at 19 underscore North. Turn to your neighbor and let them know we are just getting started. Tonight is just getting started. Now turn to your other neighbor who you so kindly neglected and gave them the cold shoulder in church. Man, this message is for you. Tell your neighbor this message is for you. So there's two things that you guys need to know before we get into the message tonight. And the first thing is, this is not a ministry where you have to come and have everything together. See, what's cool about God is he says, man, I love you so much that I'll meet you where you're at. But I love you too much to keep you where you're at. See, the second thing you guys need to know about this ministry is that you belong here. You don't have to believe what we believe to belong, but keep on coming back. Let us love on you and watch God do a work in your heart. Because God wants to do something big and, and, and great in you tonight. So he can do something big and great through you. So tonight, I want to speak to you guys for just a couple minutes about your purpose. And when I say the word purpose, usually what happens in a room this size, we have two groups of people. The first group of people, usually when they hear the word purpose, they almost cringe inside because they think about their future in a distance. They think about their purpose as though it's far away. And there's this sense of anxiety, worry, and doubt, and uncertainty that's tied to that word. For others, you might sense excitement and joy and hope and anticipation for what's next. But there's something that you need to know about purpose tonight. And that's this. Purpose is not a place or a position. Purpose is a process. The joy is where the journey is. Touch five people and tell them the joy is where the journey is. The joy is where the journey is. <laughs> See, the per- your purpose is taking the next step that God's calling you to take. Your purpose is obedi- being obedient to God and making the right decisions. And if we're not careful... We'll, we'll tend to think and believe this misconception that purpose is this far off thing and it's mysterious and that we'll never get to it or, or we'll try to strive to get to it and never get there. But the reality is purpose is here and now. If you are a believer and you're walking with God, you are in your purpose. See, God wants you to fulfill your purpose and this is how you can fill your, pur- uh, your purpose here on earth. It's very simple. Be where God has called you to be Do what God has called you to do and become who God is calling you to become. Many years ago, about three and a half years to be exact, I took a next step because I believe that's what God was calling me to do. I was in medical sales and I was continuing to do that. But the Lord, I felt like He wanted me to take a next step and come on staff on victory as well here at the church. So I I took that step and I was obedient. And I wasn't involved in our youth ministry like I am today or our young adult ministry, what we're in tonight. But I was a janitor. And they gave me the fancy title. You know how companies are. They want to make you feel special. They want to make your title look better than it really is. I was a janitor. They called me the professional cleaner. 
So what I would do is I would go clean all the bathrooms during service on the weekends. And I remember it was my first day. I get a call over the radio. Hey, we need the janitor. And I'm like, you know those people that think they're above you because of their position or title? Have you ever worked with those people before? Like, it could be somebody that, that might be one title above you, but they act like they own you. And this was this kind of guy, hey, we need, we, we need you right now in, in the children's department. I said, hey, listen, buddy, if you ever want me to come to where you, you're calling me to come, you better start calling me the professional cleaner because that's my title. But I went to the classroom, and as I w- I'm walking in, you wouldn't believe what I saw. And there's something that you need to know about me. I hate puke. When I see puke, it makes me want to puke. And I walk in this classroom, and I see puke all over the floor. And I'm like, y'all want me to clean that up? You're kidding me, right? And and, and I walked out. I said, peace out of here. And there was a very slim part of me that just just wanted to be like, you know what? Two weeks? Who needs two weeks? In two weeks, y'all know that I haven't been here in two weeks I was just going to peace on out without telling them and giving my two weeks notice, but I was being obedient to what God was calling me to do. And in that time, I learned something else as well. The girls' bathroom was not that messy. The boys' bathroom was not that messy. The women's bathroom was not that messy. But men, we pee everywhere but the toilet, We throw paper towel everywhere but the trash can. But it was in that season and in that time where God was developing me in my character. He was teaching me about humility. He was teaching me about faithfulness and hard work. And he showed me that leadership is not about getting praise from people, but true leadership is doing what nobody else wants to do. I was building my character I was learning the little things in life that would propel me to where I am now. See, tonight you need to know that you were created by God on purpose for a purpose. And whether that's being a teacher, you walk into that classroom and you say, you know what, I'm going to change my classroom for the glory of God. Every kid is going to know Jesus in my classroom. Or if you're a doctor, And people come in your clinic. I wish people would come in who are sick because when I lay my hands on them, they're going to be running out filled with the Spirit and and healed completely. Or if you're a barista at Starbucks, you be the best barista possible. And you say, you know what? I wish someone would come into this Starbucks with a bad attitude. I'm going to pray over this cup of coffee and you better believe that something's going to hit them. And they're going to realize how thankful they truly are because spending 17 bucks on a cup of coffee? Are you kidding me? But you were created by God on purpose for a purpose. And if you're taking notes, which you should be, because this is your passport to get into heaven, no passport, no heaven, I want you to write down the title of my message. And it's this. The cost of becoming. The cost of becoming. Y'all like who you sit next to tonight? You guys are awfully quiet. You guys like who you're sitting next to tonight? Good. We got three more hours. We're going to old Baptist style. Don't worry. The snakes are coming around 12 o'clock midnight, so stay around. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the cost of becoming, no matter your skin color, race, background, God 
said this about you, that you were created by him and that he has a purpose for your life. And I want to give you two quick thoughts about your purpose tonight. The first one is this, your purpose requires action. The writer of the Old Testament wrote this about our purpose, and this is like the most tat-worthy tattoo that you can get. So if you ever met a Christian that has tattoos, chances are they got the tattoo somewhere on their body. I hope it's not the lower back. That'd be kind of weird. You got like the tattoo, Jesus loves you, and every time you bend over, it might not be a pretty sight, but man, people are going to know that Jesus loves them. But back to the Scripture, this is what King Solomon said about your purpose and my purpose in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not with some of your heart, but all of it. And lean not on your own understanding. Look at this. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path or steps. See, when I read this, it's an easy thing to read. When I, when I say this Scripture, it's easy to say. But the true challenge and test comes when you apply this Scripture to your life. And a lot of times, this is what Solomon was saying, a lot of times as believers, we focus on the plan of God for our lives, but we don't focus on the person who has given us the plan. We, we will miss the plan of God for our lives when we sit around obsessing over it And what Solomon is saying here, he says, listen, if you trust the Lord your God, if you honor Him, if you put your faith in Him, that He will make your path straight. Our job is to be obedient and to acknowledge Him in all ways. His job is to keep His promises and direct your paths. But a lot of times, it's sad. Us as Christians, we almost look at God as our as, as our personal assistant or our genie in a bottle. We only hit him up. We only DM him. We only give him a call when we need something. But you know what? We have him in our phones. He, he's under our favorite contact. He's on our speed dial. But a lot of times we only acknowledge him when we need something. And I want to challenge you tonight. What would your life look like if you acknowledged Him when things weren't going bad and when things were going really well? What if you acknowledged Him when you needed guidance and also acknowledged Him just because He was God? What if we acknowledged Him in all things? What would our lives look like? Number one, in order to fulfill your purpose, it requires action. The second thing tonight is this. Your purpose has a cost. Your purpose has a cost. How many of you guys growing up, let me see a show of hands, you, you used to have a dream of becoming something great one day. Maybe it was being an astronaut or a doctor, or maybe it was being an accountant or a stay-at-home dad. Any stay-at-home dads over here? But we all had dreams of doing something great for our lives. And I remember for me, one of the dreams that I had was to become a professional baseball player. And if that didn't work out, I wanted to become a preacher boy. I don't know why. It was kind of like I want to be Tim Tebow Jr. You know, try, try out the football things. That didn't work. Try out the, the, the preaching thing. That didn't work. Try out baseball. It's working a little bit for him. I guess I wanted to be a Tim Tebow Jr. But I remember 
I wanted to play at the next level. But I didn't, I didn't know what was required of me to make it to the next level. See, there's always a cost associated for you to fulfill your purpose. No matter what, there's a cost that is associated. And I remember the cost to take it to the next level was training on Friday nights when nobody else was training. It was working on my mechanics for three hours just to get it right. It was working on my swing on the tee, making sure that I had a level swing. And I didn't know that there was a cost involved for me to live out my dreams. Because Walt Disney told me, I believe Walt, he said, if you can dream it, you can do it. He didn't tell me that there was a cost and a price that was associated to my dream. But I love Walt Disney. I still go to his theme parks. I'm not better. But there's a cost that is associated to your dream. And the higher the calling, the higher the cost. The greater the calling, the, the higher the cost. And the price you are willing to pay will determine the progress to your, to your purpose. I look at the life of Jesus, and I see what He did on this earth. See, the Bible says that He was born of a virgin, He lived a sinless life, and that the religious people of his time put him into custody because they thought he was a false prophet, because he was doing many miracle signs and wonders, and it was taking away from their business. So, so they put him in custody, and, and they were planning on persecuting him. And Jesus, in this time, he doesn't say anything. When, when the religious people and Pilate and all those people, they're asking him, Do you, are you the Son of God? He does not answer them. And then they take Jesus out and they start beating Him publicly. They beat Him with whips, with, with shards of bones, and it's cutting His flesh and it's bruising His bones. It's breaking His ribs. And He's not saying anything. And then they put the crown of thorns on His head to say that He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, to mock and to make fun of Him. And people were saying, if you are the Son of God, come and save yourself. It was the most humiliating thing ever. Because they stripped Him of His clothes and He was hanging on that cross naked. And it was in that moment where He was between two criminals. And one of them on the right side said, who do you think you are? If you are the Savior of the world, Come save me. And then the other one says, Hey Lord, Jesus, can I have a place with you in paradise? And Jesus says, Of course. Of course you can. And he was hanging on that cross and he was in pure pain and agony. And the Bible says one of the last words that he said was this Ali, Ali, Lama Shakapani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I believe that God turned His back on His Son so He didn't have to turn His back on me and you. See, the cost of becoming the Savior of humanity and for Christ to fulfill His purpose was His, was his life. He literally lived to die. And I want to ask the question, how many of you guys still want to fulfill your purpose after hearing that? How many of you guys truly want to be followers of Jesus Christ and disciples after hearing what Jesus went through? His purpose required action. His purpose 
required a great price for me and for you. And I want to ask you tonight, do you still want to fulfill the plan of God for your life? Because I think we like the concept and idea of living out our God-given potential and calling. Just like we like the idea of dating and in a relationship. We like the concept, but we don't like the commitment. We like going out on dates, but fellas, I know this is true. We, don't, we, we like going out on dates, but we don't like the cost of the bill when the waiter gets, to, gets it to us. We like the idea and concept of marriage, but when your wife comes to you and asks for the credit card if she, so she can go buy beauty products and get her hair cut and highlighted and get the most up-to-date fashion, and then you get the bill back, you don't like the cost of that bill. And I'm, this is just hypothetically speaking. <laughs> but if my wife was up here, she would say, uh, guys, Zach is the high-maintenance person in the relationship. He's always wanting something. He's always wanting me to rub his back and rub his feet and make me food. Maybe I am the high-maintenance person in the family. I don't know. Let her be the judge. I have to go home tonight. But we like the idea of moving out of our parents' house, but we don't like the cost that is associated with it. We like the idea of being a fully follower of Jesus Christ, but when we can't do what we want to do and what our flesh wants to do, we don't know if we're truly committed. See, the greater the purpose, the greater the cost. And I look at all the great leaders of, of Jesus' time and in the Old Testament, I look at David and Moses and the Jesus' disciples. David literally ran from King Saul who was trying to kill him, to dethrone him of, of being king one day. I look at Moses, how he led his people out of bondage into the promised land and then his people wanted him to die. I look at the disciples, how they spoke the Word of God with boldness and they were being beheaded by the thousands. The greater the cost, the greater the purpose. And we were created by God on purpose for a purpose. And in order for us to live out our God-given potential, destiny, and purpose, there's always an action that is required and there's always a price that needs to be paid. And I want to challenge you tonight with this thought. I think the cost of not fulfilling the plan that God has for your life is much greater than the cost of actually fulfilling it. See, the Bible said that, that Jesus was whipped, Jesus was persecuted for our behalf. And that He died without even knowing if anybody would come to Him. He died without even knowing if someone would be saved. And when He died on that cross, the Bible makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit came down when we accepted Him into our lives. And that the Holy Spirit's job is to, to stir up the gifts that are inside us, to stir up the dreams that He has placed in our heart. But I see a lot of believers, including myself sometimes, where I'm driven by fear, I'm driven by anxiety. No, we can't do that. That's too big. No, I, I can't go after that dream. I, I, I'm not qualified. And we have all these excuses of why we cannot fulfill and run after the call and the purpose that God has on our lives. But when we think about the price that Jesus paid for us to go out, when we think about the price that Jesus paid so we could be fully the follower, followers of Jesus Christ, 
I think the price of His blood is much greater than us not, than, 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 than us not living our full potential. So tonight, you have the choice to make. Are you going to be one foot in and one foot out and say, you know what, I'll get to my purpose one day or, you know, I'm not qualified. You don't know who I am. What is your decision tonight? What are you going to choose? Are you going to act upon it? Are you willing to, to endure a price? Maybe being made fun of, maybe being persecuted, maybe getting fired from a job because of who you are and, and your values. You have a choice tonight. Will you live out your God-given purpose? So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity tonight to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And our service is just beginning. We're going to have North Park Lounge food after, so stick around. But I'm going to give you an opportunity tonight to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm simply going to give you the invitation. And He'll come into your heart. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, you're saying tonight, man, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I promise you, it's the best decision that you could ever make. When He comes into your life, it says that He makes you a, a new creation. The old is gone. He makes all things brand new. And when you make Jesus the Lord of life, I'm not saying you won't have difficulty, you won't have trials. You will, but we have a Savior who is bigger and greater than those trials. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here tonight and says, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, just simply raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. I see that hand. 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 We got hands going up. I see that hand. Go ahead and put your hands down. Is there anybody else tonight you feel this tugging on your heart like, man, I want to live out. I, I want to have Jesus as the Lord of my life. Is there anybody else? So what I want everybody to do is to keep your head bowed and eyes closed. Repeat this simple prayer after me and Jesus will come into your heart. <coughs> He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Father God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that I need your grace. Here and now, I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. My life will never be the same because you came in. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those people who made Jesus the Lord.